book of Daniel is about a group of teenagers that made a decision to follow God and they changed the culture and the world that they were in. They weren't adults. They didn't have all this experience. They didn't have all this life. They were literally a bunch of teenagers that were taken out of their own element into a new place and God transformed their lives and the lives of the people around you, around them. And kind of the reason we want to talk about this is because I think a lot of times teenager or the word kind of has like negative context. Like usually like people, most people don't want to try to get as many teenagers in one room as they possibly can. Like let me tell you, most people, do, like other than school and like you see what school is like, it's like they're just herding you from one classroom to the other, like be as silent and still as you possibly can. Because most of the time, a group of teenagers all together, it's like, that's a scary thing. But listen, we're all about teenagers. We're all about you. We believe that God has the best for you and that God wants to use you, not someday, but today. That God has a plan and purpose for your life, not that you will grow up into and once you're more mature and once you're more experienced, then you will have something to offer the world. Listen, God has given you something today. You don't have to wait till you're grown up to experience all the life that God has for you. And so we're all about teenagers and we want this idea, we, we want to rebrand the idea. We want you to be reminded that you have everything that you need to be the per person that God's called you to be and live the purpose that God has called you to live. So we want to talk about this idea. We're going to break it down real quick, and then uh, we'll keep going. But I want to read you a story in the book of Daniel in the Bible. And uh, it's a few verses, but it's a very intriguing story. So I'll read it to you. We'll talk about it real quick, and then we'll call it a night. It says this. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, everyone say Jehoiakim. It's a fun name to say. King of Judah... Nebuchadnezzar, another fun name to say, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, and he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed some name I can't pronounce, the master of his eunuchs to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles. Listen, this is who the king uh, Nebuchadnezzar told his guy to take from the nation of Israel. He says, I want you to take young men in whom there were no blemish, but good look looking, gifted in all wisdom, possession, uh, possessing knowledge, and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed from them a daily provision of the king's delicacies um, and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so at the end of that time they might serve before the king. So what's happening is there's a there's a, a kingdom called Babylon. They conquer a surrounding nation called Jerusalem or, or, or Israel, and they, they capture them, and then they take a bunch of the young men from Israel. They bring them back to Babylon, and their goal is to basically raise them up to be the new servants in the palace of Babylon. That's basically what's happening. Now, we're introduced to one character. Look at the next verse. In verse of 6, it says, Now among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave uh, names. He gave Daniel, Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, uh, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel, listen, 
purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink, for why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king delicacies as you will see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. Listen to this. At the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward, this would be such a bummer if you were like super into lobster and steak and all the other things. It says, thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we ask that you would speak to us now in this time. Reveal yourself to us, and Lord, help us recognize that you do have a plan and purpose for our lives. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've titled this message, if you want to write this down, Teenager and the Rest is History. And the rest is history. Um, just this week, uh, we got back, a group of us, the worship team and some others, we went to England for about 10 days or so. And um, in England, I don't know if you know this, but they drive on the wrong side of the road. Did you know this? Like we drive on the right side of the road and the opposite of right is wrong, right? And so they drive on the wrong side of the road. And um, for the whole week while we were there, the 10 days we were there, I had to drive. So it, the first few days I was getting in like the left side of the car and that shotgun over there. So I'm like, whoa, where's the, st oh yeah, that's right. And I'd have to walk around and like get in the right, right side of the car and drive on the wrong side of the road. Um, but over time, after a couple of days, I kind of got used to it, right? A after a little while, I grabbed the keys, I went to the right side of the car, opened the door, put the key in the ignition, grabbed the, uh, what is that thing even called? I don't know, where you put it into not gear because it's not stick. You just put it in a drive, that little shift thing. Yeah, so I put it in a drive and uh, on the left side, not the right side, put it, put it in a drive and began to drive. You know, we, we kept saying wide right, tight left, wide right, tight left, because here you make a wide left turn, right? You go out. If you drive, you go out, wide left, and you make a tight right. Over there, it's a wide right and a tight left. So I had to say these things out loud, but after some time, I began to get used to it. I began to just drive normal. And then the funny thing is when I got here, I was really confused. Like when I got home, I'm like, wait, which side is it? Wide right? I, it came back pretty quickly. But over time, I began to get used to it. The reason I'm bringing that up is that's basically the goal of the people of Babylon to these people, these young guys, these literal teenagers from Jerusalem. They want to take them, and over time, they want to acclimate them to a different culture. 
They come from Israel. They worship the one uh, true God, the true and living God, the God that, that we worship, the God that has sent his only son, that if we would just believe in him, we would have life and life everlasting. They worshiped him, and they t- took them out of Israel and put them in Babylon, and they wanted to slowly transform them, acclimate them into their culture and into their world. It's like a slow boil. Have you ever heard of the frogs um, that there's this rumor? I don't know if it's true because I've never tried this because I'm not a weirdo. Um, But there's this rumor that frogs, if you take them and you boil some water, so boiling water, and you take a frog and you throw it into boiling water, that it'll jump out immediately. But if you take the frog, I'm not saying try this. Do not try this. Okay, we're all in agreement. We're not going to try this. If you take a frog and you put it in some lukewarm water and you turn the boiler on and the water begins to boil, because they get acclimated to the temperature, they will stay in the hot water, ultimately boiling themselves, and now you have some toad soup. (laughs) The idea, (laughs) everyone's like, I'm going to try that. Um, The idea is that it's it's a slow boil because they can get used to the temperature and pretty soon they are going to be defeated. The idea of the Babylonians is to take them out of Israel, put them in Babylon, and transform them slowly. They do it by three really simple things. They change their name, right? We told Daniel became uh, uh, Belteshazzar. Now, the name Daniel, it meant God is my judge, and then they changed his name to Belteshazzar, which means Bel's prince. Bel was one of their fake, fake gods, Uh, The other guy, Hananiah, his name means beloved by the Lord, and they changed his name to Shadrach, which means sun god. So what they're doing is they change their names. They're changing their identity in order to slowly transform them into something else. They also gave them a new food, right? They said, no longer are you going to eat vegetables. We're going to give you the king's delicacies, the best that the king has to offer. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to make the culture of Babylon look way better than the culture of Israel. So they're saying, look at what we got rolling out this nice spread. We got lobster. We got sushi. I don't know if they did. We got bacon. We've got pizza. We've got everything that you want. It's rolled out here because what we have is way better than what you come from. And then the third thing they did is they gave them a new education, right? They began to teach them their language and trying to change their hearts and, and the way they think into a new thing. And the reason I'm saying all of that is because we live in a world that's attempting to do the same thing to us. We live in a world that wants to give you your own identity, a different identity than the identity God has for you. It wants to make the world's things out there beyond God, whether it's following your own feelings or, or trying to be famous or whatever it might be, making it so alluring that you forget about God and begin to follow after that. Or it wants, to, it wants to transform your mind, your thinking, and acclimate you to a new way of thinking that, that really X's God out. And so they, they're, they're trying to do these three different things to keep them from living out what God has for them. But you notice that Daniel and his friends, they didn't follow that trend. They got, imagine this, you're a young kid. The, the history tells them they were somewhere between 13 and 16 years old. Somewhere there, they, all of a sudden you are kidnapped by people you don't know. You're taken to a land that you don't know. But then all of a sudden you're escorted into the palace. Like you thought, wait, I thought I was going to go to prison. And they bring you to the palace. And they say, listen, we're going to give you the best food you could possibly eat. 
We're going to give you a brand new name. Forget about Daniel. Your name's Belteshazzar. They're like, all right. They give you the best food. They change your name. And they're like, listen, you, you don't even have to pay for school. He's the best education in all the world. And what they're trying to do is, is cha- change who they are into something that God never had for them. But what does Daniel do? They say no. They say, they, we're not going to do that. And three things they have that are able to make that decision and overcome this temptation. And I think it's an important thing for us to understand as we go out into a world. Because how many of you know you walk into a classroom tomorrow morning or you hang out with a certain group of friends and pretty soon you begin to acclimate to the surroundings that you're in. You start talking like the people in your classroom. You start, you start laughing at the things that, that people share with you on Instagram that, that probably aren't the best things. You start listening to songs that maybe aren't the most uplifting. You, you start behaving in such a way because you begin to acclimate to the people around you. And so how do we combat that so that we can live the life that God has destined for you to live in? Three things you got to do. Number one, you have a decision. You have a decision. He tells us the best verse is Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. It says that Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself, that he made this decision. And this decision happened long before he ever had to make the decision. What I mean by that is Daniel had such an encounter with God at a young age that when he got to Babylon, although he had everything at his fingertips, although he wasn't going to get in trouble, his mom wasn't around, nobody was going to tell him what was right, nobody was going to tell him what was wrong, he had made a decision long before that he was going to do what honored God. He made this decision so that whatever he faced, whatever trial or struggle or temptation or difficulty he faced, he had already made a decision that he was going to do that what honored God and the thing that would not defile himself. And the decision that he made affected the rest of his life. Let me tell you, if you come back on Thursday night and you continue with this series and teenager um, with us, you will see the power that this decision had for the rest of his life transformed his friend group, it transformed his job, his workplace, and ultimately it transformed an entire city for the God that he worshiped, all because of one decision. Listen, don't diminish the power of a decision today. I'm gonna say that again. Don't diminish the power of a decision today. I think a lot of us, especially young people, we think, ah, it doesn't really matter that much. It's just one party, it's just one thing, it's just one activity, or what does it matter? I'm so young, I've got my whole life to get serious about stuff like that. i got my whole life to get things figured out. Listen, don't diminish the power of a decision today, because it could alter the rest of your life. It could set you up to live in for all the things that God has for you and transform your friend group and your workplace and your city and your community and ultimately your world. Don't diminish the power of a decision today. The second thing you have, not only do you have a decision, you also have favor. I love verse 9. It says this in the text. After the decision, it says, God had brought Daniel into favor and goodwill of the chief. Favor and goodwill of the chief. In other words, the chief kind of liked him. Like Daniel was a good guy to have around. He's like, and so when Daniel made this request, he's like, listen, I don't want to eat what the king has given me to eat. Now, that was, in their culture, like a really big deal. Like, if the king offers you dinner, you eat it, no matter what it is. You're like, I don't really like that. No, no, no. You're like, it's from the king. You eat it, and you shut up, and you're like, mmm, I love it. That's how it works. And, and Daniel, he's like, hey, listen, um, I don't want to eat that. It looks great and all, but um, I have just... 
I, I just want to follow God and this food in our culture, in our time, it just doesn't honor God. And so I was hoping maybe could I just have like, you know, like some broccoli if you have it and I'll just eat that and I'll be quiet. And they're like, uh, I don't think that's going to work. And he's like, just listen, let me just try some broccoli. And, and if I'm not looking more fit and, and more muscular and more in shape than the people that are eating all that other stuff, then I'll go back to eating the other stuff, but let me just try it. And we're told that they had favor from the leaders so that they were able to do this. When you make a godly decision, God will have your back. That God was on their side. God was, God was working these things together because this was going to affect the rest of their life. And when you make a good godly decision, God will have your back. You have favor from God. Listen, you are not second class because you're young. God isn't waiting for you to grow up so that he can use you. God isn't waiting for you to figure things out and stop making stupid decisions and, and finally get past that certain struggle or whatever it is. God doesn't need you to grow up so he can use you. You have favor from God right now. God has a plan for your life right now. And when you choose God, watch how he blesses every area of your life. You have favor from God and watch how that favor from God begins to affect friends, how it affects your school, because nobody doesn't like the loving, good, kind, gracious person around, right? Like, you know that person that's always, like, funny, and they're always super encouraging, and they're always really nice to have around? Like, you include that person. The person that you, like, leave out of the group text is the one that's, like, always negative and is always going to gossip about so-and-so, or they're always going to drag this person into it. That person, you're like, eh, right? I mean, if we're honest, right, man, he's, this is going to be, like, a fun party. They don't need to come. But it's the, the, the kind ones, the gracious ones, the, the good ones, those are the ones we want to have around. And when you have, when you are making those decisions, watch as those things affect your life. All right, the third thing, not only do you have a decision, you have favor, you also have friends. Now, Daniel did not do this alone. Right? We read of four other characters or three other characters that made this same decision with him. But listen, this is, this is something that's important. It started alone, right? We're told in, in verse 8 that Daniel alone purposed in his heart not to defile himself. Daniel had to make a decision by himself that he was going to do what honored God. He didn't, I, I, at least we don't know if he like got together with his friends and were like, hey, um, what do you guys think if we asked just for broccoli instead? I, I, haven't, I don't think they have broccoli. I think it's just Brussels sprouts. You still want to do it? Um, yeah, let's do it. We, we don't read anything like that. All we know is that Daniel made this decision, I'm not going to defile myself. But then what happens? His friends say, I'm going to do it too. Listen, when you make a decision to honor God, it affects the people around you. And all of a sudden, you'll find when you say, I'm going to do what honors God. I'm going to do what pleases God. I'm going to do what glorifies God. Whether it's not going to this place or it's including that person or it's going above and beyond in this area, I am choosing to honor God. Watch as the people around you begin to be transformed by that decision. Listen, you're not alone. Part of the reason we wanted to throw this, this Sunday Night Live is because we wanted to get, look at, I mean, I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't expect this many people to come out. I thought, like, if we had, like, 40 or 50, like, that would be cool. And I think, I think what this does for us 
If ever you have felt alone walking with God, just look around for a second. Just look that there's other people, there's other, there's friends, there's people that go to your school, there's people that probably here tonight that you, like, wait, you knew about this? Because, listen, you're not alone. God wants to use you, but he also wants to use the group of you. He wants to use your friends to transform your friend group, but also the world around you. Because all it takes is one person to make a decision, and the rest is history. In fact, we'll look at it in a couple weeks, but his friends, uh, uh, Daniel's friends, the ones that are named, they've got those funny names in Hebrews. We don't really know, remember their Hebrew names, but uh, they've got the name Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah. Their names were changed to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are famous because later on in the book of Daniel, they have an opportunity to bow down and worship a false god, and they don't do it, and as a result, they're thrown into a fiery furnace. Now, I've never been thrown into a fiery furnace before, but I'm pretty sure you don't make it out alive. Right? I mean, it's probably safe to say. And yet, God does this supernatural work in their life. They get thrown into the fiery furnace. They come out the other side. Their clothes don't even smell like fire. They come out the other side, and all of a sudden, it transforms. They go, the king goes, wait a second, what's going on? We need to worship your God, because clearly your God is something different. It was a decision that they made with Daniel. They're saying, we're not going to eat that. It led to a decision for them to say, we're not going to worship that. And as a result, it transformed the city that they lived in. So a decision that you make, make today matters. I'm going to invite the worship team back out and we're going to close. I wanted to share, I mentioned that we were in um, England last week. We were at a Christian festival and uh, while we were there, we were, we were doing kind of something like this. We were doing worship and teaching um, with high school students. And uh, when we got there, um, we were new. We didn't really know the people. It was kind of, you know, like when you, you, you first meet somebody and you're like, hey, I'm so-and-so. Or like you go to shake your hand, their hand and they give you like knuckles and you're like this. And you're like, ah, oh, this is super weird. That's kind of how it was the first day. Like we're these weird Americans and you guys are like these weird English people. And like we're trying to figure this thing out. And it was kind of awkward. But there was this one kid there. His name was Reuben. He must have been maybe a junior in high school. And uh, he showed up the first morning that we were doing the worship set. And uh, most of the people there, just because, not because they didn't like the music, just because it was new for them. They kind of hung back a little bit. And it's like, what are these weird Americans all about? And Reuben showed up, and he sort of stood right front and center. He had, like, flamingo shorts on, like, bright pink flamingo shorts on. He stood in the front of the room, both hands lifted, and worshiped God with all that he had. And we watched that week as all of a sudden it goes from him to a couple of his friends around him to a, some people beyond his friend group. And pretty soon, by the end of the week, that room was completely transformed as people were raising their hands, worshiping God, looking a lot like it did tonight, jumping and singing and rejoicing and having a good time and praising God, all as a result of this one guy going, He made one decision, and it transformed the room. that we, we literally watched it. In one week's time, we watched this room transform. Let me tell you God, that God has a plan for your life, and one decision can change your life, and it can change the people around your life. And all it takes is a decision. Hey, will you guys do me a favor? We're going to stand, and I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to make that decision.